Welcome to another episode of And How Did That Make You Feel? Uh, my name's Rachel and this is the podcast where I have a good old yarn to my guest about their experiences in therapy because we want to try and normalise having these kinds of conversations. Um, since starting the podcast I have had so many brilliant conversations um, with friends, also with um, you guys. I'm sure you won't mind if I refer to you guys as my listener friends because you know I think we are. Um, and talking about therapy and how the podcast has encouraged people to talk more about their mental health. I've also had people reach out and tell me that they've started seeing a counsellor after listening to the podcast, which is just phenomenal. Now, I'm not telling you this to inflate my ego, but I just really want to encourage you that by talking about your mental health, if you feel comfortable to do so, you just have no idea of the impact that it can have on the people around you. So, Please keep talking about your mental health to the people that you love, to your friends and your family. You can use the podcast as a bit of a conversation starter. Um, and as well, feel free, reach out to me on Instagram. Tell me about your experiences. Um, yeah, I love to hear from you. But on to this episode. Oh, gee whiz. It is a good one. Um, I talked to my friend Pam and we talk about her experiences with counselling specifically related to her experiences with miscarriage and bereavement. So if that is a topic that you're maybe um, avoiding and you've put some boundaries around that, please skip this one um, and I'll see you in a few weeks time for the next one, but please look after yourself. Um, but Pam talks about these really, really heartbreaking, difficult experiences with such honesty and shares about how even a small amount of therapy has made such an impact on her. She's also incredibly warm, not just because she's ginger. Um, she's very open, she is great crack, and you will feel like you've known her for years within the first five minutes. So let's get into it. So I'm here with Pam and we are going to have a good old chinwag um, and I will get Pam. Hi Pam, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Pam and I've known Rachel for a very long time through her big bro um, and I am from Bangor and I'm a musician um, and I have a husband and a little boy who is four years old. Lovely. So we'll we'll get we'll get straight straight in. Um, so when when did you first have counselling? Um, I first had counselling this year. Um, it started in January uh, for the very first time and it was cut short by the old COVID, yeah. uh, which I think most things are these days. So I am not finished yet by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yes, it started in, in January. Um, and if I'm quite honest, Rachel, I probably should have started about 15 years <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Um, and so did you did you find a counsellor yourself or did you go through the NHS or No, so um all through the NHS. I'll tell you a little backstory. Um so my first sort of experience of being referred for a counsellor was when I was in living in London. Um and 
I was in my last year at music college, so I've been there. This is my fifth year at music college, um, in London, and I had a really lovely time. Like it was fantastic, absolutely brilliant experience. Life experience and everything was amazing. Um, but towards the end of it all, I started to feel really down. Um, and sort of things that I noticed in myself that were maybe a little bit different from my usual. I'm a bit mad anyways, you know, a bit bonkers, a bit. Um, I sort of are, I'm an argumentative person, like, uh, but these sorts of things started to get worse, so I find myself being quite aggressive and um, sort of shutting people off, like shutting my family off, shutting my friends off, um, to sort of try and protect myself, I think it was. Um, but a friend of college had said to me at the time, she says, I think you need to go and see a doctor or a counsellor or something, and I was like, don't be ridiculous, like, I'm absolutely fine the end of five years it's really tough and you know i'll just crack on so we just this girl said like go and talk even to the gp and see what the gp says so i did kicking and screaming she dragged me and she came in with me to the gp and gp had said like what's the crack here you know how are you feeling and i told her and i said i don't think i should be here i've not had a traumatic childhood i've not had anything that was my feelings was yeah. if you've had a traumatic childhood or something what has happened and triggered these feelings from a past experience then you should be going to counselling I had nothing I had the best childhood the happiest childhood really supportive family and friends and there was no reason for me as far as I could see to go on and speak to a counsellor and she said well it doesn't necessarily have to be that way you know you don't have to have had a traumatic experience or anything like that and she said but the feelings that you're having are sort of depression mm. feelings said would you consider going to counselling and I was like absolutely not absolutely not I'm fine I'm totally fine and she says well look come back to me think about it have a, have a chat with your friends or family or whatever and I said I, I know I won't have a chat with my friends and me being stubborn me was like I'm grand I'm totally fine this all blew over it'll be fine and to be fair it did at mm-hmm. the time and whether that was because I finished my degree and I moved home mm-hmm. and I in my comfort zone again then these feelings all dissipated and that was the end of it that was the end and I felt grand after that but then years later at certain times like my granny dying those things brought those feelings back up again which I probably should have dealt with in a better way at the time but any sort of event that happened then on these feelings started to creep in again so like disconnecting from people um but making, you know, the phone, my phone's thing, my comfort. If I wanted to switch off, didn't want to speak to anyone, the phone came out. Yeah. And that was my first, like, switch off in the world. Just, just like, mindlessly scrolling. I think everyone does it, don't yeah. they? Like, mindlessly scrolling through your phone. Just, that's my way to say, don't talk to me. I'm not interested. And that was kind of always the starting point. And the reason why I mentioned that is because this was a massive thing for me whenever I actually did end up going for counselling. Um... So yeah, the the next kind of thing that happened after that uh, was me having my son. We'd had a miscarriage before him, so the pregnancy with him was a very, very anxious time, mm. horrendous time, as I'm sure anybody who's had a miscarriage or even people that haven't can understand, but it was very stressful. Um, and anyway, thankfully we went on to have Freddie, who's now four, um, and I ended up with postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Now, this had gone on, and I'd been warned, the baby blues, like day five, day six after having the baby, the baby blues, 
just crying and everything. And my husband would hand me my dinner and I'd cry. And like, then I'd get up and go to the toilet and I'd cry. Like, I was just crying, crying, crying. But the, the baby blues kind of never, ever went away. Uh-huh. It never went away. But it wasn't until my son was 11 months old that I finally went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband had said, and it was the phone thing. This is kind of where I, I related to it earlier. It was the phone thing. Um, and I sat down every single night when we finally got him down to sleep or whatever. And I sat on the phone. And my husband would ask me questions. And how are you feeling? Is everything okay? Like, what's the crack? No, didn't want to talk. The phone was out and that was me. That was me. Um, and it kind of started, I was. I went back to work really early. Um, I, I was back working when Freddie was 14 weeks old. Mm. Um, which when I look back was definitely a way for me to get away from this. It was it was me to be me again. Yeah. Um, I'm away from this, but I know I know it was some sort of depression or whatever it was, whatever you, the label of it is, it was some sort of depression. But anyway, it was like eleven months on, um, and I just couldn't like the crying. The crying episodes had kind of got closer and closer together, and this overwhelming feeling of like not being able to deal with the smallest thing. Like I remember one day. Um, doing the hoovering and we've got two large dogs, two big hairy dogs so we're hoovering quite a bit and especially with a young baby in the house that was crawling at the time, you know, hoover and hoover and the hoover wasn't picking up the hair and I just had an absolute meltdown uh. and at the time, you know at the time you think like this is bonkers, this is this hoover it's, it's, it's ruining my life like. <laughs> when you look back on it you think you're nuts, like this is absolutely mad so this had been going on and on, um, and I just lifted the phone one day to my health visitor, who was the loveliest girl, I was so lucky to have her mm. support, I just phoned her, and when she answered the phone, I just was crying so much, I couldn't I couldn't even speak to her, and she said, I'm ringing the GP, I'll ring you back, so she rang my GP, and 10 minutes later, she phoned me back, and she said, I've got an appointment for you this afternoon, can you go? So I was at such rock bottom that I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to go. I'm going to have to go. So I went to the GP and she was lovely. had a really good chat with her and um, talked through all my feelings and emotions. And I was having these kind of thoughts. Like I used to send Jamie in to check on Freddie to make sure he was okay. Because if he found him dead, then it wasn't me that was going to find him dead. You know, like horrific, oh, horrific, yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely horrific. But I didn't want to find him, so I sent him in. You know, I, I just couldn't deal with anything. I couldn't deal with the thought of anything happening to this tiny little baby. Mm-hmm. So I explained all this to the GP, and, like, I, I, I had gone as mad as to write down what I was going to say at my son's funeral because I was so worried about him dying. Like, uh-huh. it's horrendous, horrendous. So the, I spoke to the GP, and she totally understood, and her wee boy um, was the same age. They're now at primary school together, believe it or not. Um, so her wee boy was the same age and said I know about all these feelings I've had them myself she posted she's four kids she posted depression with an earlier child blah 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 grand so that was fine so she said look would you go on some medication I went oh no 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 absolutely not I don't need medication there's no way and she said can I just can you just try it and see if it doesn't work out um, then we'll try something else but she said and I want to put you on a waiting list for counselling and I was like that's fine put me on the waiting list for counselling and she said there's a massive waiting list at the minute um so it might be a few months time but she said just take the take the prescription get the medication and just try it for a couple of weeks and she said if you don't notice any difference within say four weeks four to six weeks if you don't notice any difference then come back to me so i went right that's fine got the prescription and it sat in my cupboard for i can't tell you how long because i was not 
taking an antidepressant. There's no way, yep. no way. I didn't take it, and things just got worse and worse. The crying and all got worse, and, and Jamie was like, you seriously have to do something about this. It's, it's affecting everyone. So I did end up taking the, the antidepressant. But then the counselling came, and I would... The, the girl phoned me, lovely girl, um, who is like the GP surgery counsellor. Mm-hmm. And she phoned me one day and she said, I have an appointment um, for you. And she said, can you do like next Tuesday or whatever it was? And I said, no, I can't. I'm really sorry. I'm busy. And she was like, okay, can you do a Thursday? I said, no, I'm really sorry. I can't. I'm busy. No, I'm self-employed. So technically I couldn't do it because I was busy and I'd have to cancel work. But of course I could do it. Of course. I'm self-employed. I can shuffle things around. I can try and change things. But I just didn't want to do it. I just mm-hmm. couldn't bring myself to go and do it. So I didn't do it. And I made an appointment every single week. And I cancelled the appointment every single week. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I lie. I'm making up silly lies. Like, um, saying, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not going to make it down in time. Knowing that he couldn't rearrange appointments. You know, just a list of other people coming in. Like, ridiculous, silly stuff. But I just didn't want to go to, the, to this appointment, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway... It got to the stage when I'd cancelled that many appointments. She phoned me and she said, are you serious about this? Do you want to go to come and see the counsellor? And I said, look, I can't do it. I'm just at this point in time, I'm not ready for whatever reason. I, yeah. I don't know how you have to be ready to go for counselling or how, how in your head you need to be ready. I don't know. I don't know. But I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was grand. So cue like four years later, um, we'd had a few more miscarriages and... Um, so we did three more miscarriages from then and uh, the feelings, like the awful feelings just got worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're under like consultant care in the hospital for recurrent miscarriage and the, I went up to the appointment one day and, the, and the, the consultant said, and how are you feeling about all this? Like she said, it's pretty, pretty awful mm-hmm. that you've been through this. And she said, how do you feel? And I just burst out into tears and Jamie was with me and he was crying as well. You know, it's pretty upsetting. It's mm-hmm. pretty upsetting. Said, have you ever spoken to anyone about this? And he's like, No, I haven't. And I said, But how is anybody going to tell me to feel better? I can't feel any better. And she said, No, but somebody who knows what they're doing is going to tell you the things that you can do to try and make yourself feel better. She said, She's going to give you advice on, you know, she said, maybe things like staying away from situations that make you feel worse than you already feel. She said, Just try it, just try it. So at this point, I was like, Okay, I'll try it. And the usual carry on, I come out and go, I don't want to do counselling or whatever. For whatever it was this time, it was like, do you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I was um, referred to a bereavement midwife um, for counselling sessions. So she phoned, so the, the, the consultant was like, this is going to be, I'd say she probably has a 68 week waiting list, so this is going to be quite a long time. So in my head, I'm thinking, 68 weeks, I can get my head around this and I, I can do it, I have to do it this time. The next day, I got a phone call saying, hello, this is Raymond Winmouth, can you come in and see me next week? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is horrific, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? So she left me a voicemail and I spoke to Jamie and he was like, just go and do it, just see what happens, you go to one appointment and if you don't like it, then you just come away from it and you don't do it again. Mm-hmm. So I said, right, okay, I will. So I phoned her back and I said, yes, no problem, and arranged to meet uh, for the, the following Tuesday or whatever day it was. So that's grand. So... It all felt a bit like, I suppose, because it's quite a, it's quite a um, taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Everything just felt a bit secretive from her and from me. Right. Before before we went, she was like, 
I'll meet you in the car park of the the of Ard's hospital. And she said, and I suppose she was only doing it to protect me. She's like, nobody will see you, and there's a wee side door we can go in into that room. Um, and she said, but wait, wait in your car until I contact you, and then I'll be waiting for you. So whether it was to, so that a previous client or, mm. or patient or whatever you want to call it was there before, I don't know what it was, but the whole thing just felt really weird, really mm-hmm. like secretive, like. Should I? Am I going to be a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> felt, felt a wee bit weird. So anyway, I did, and um, yeah, it was just the best thing I've ever done. The best thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying there that you'd you'd thought about counselling before, and um, what like what did you think counselling was going to be then, and how was it different when you actually had it? Well, I guess I didn't really know what it was mm. because. I was so, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because I think in my head, for some reason, and you only see it in the movies, don't you? And I know you've talked about this in your previous podcast, like the, the couch. Yeah. You know, when you go in on the couch and somebody behind you basically analysing your every thought, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of the way I thought it was going to be. Um, and I've seen, like, it was a comedy sketches as well. I've seen about counselling and, you know, there's like the post it notes in the wall or, you know, all that sort yeah. of thing. How you, tell me your feelings. And hilariously, that is what she did yeah. the first the first time I went in. Yeah. And she was like, and honestly, I wanted to, I just wanted to laugh out loud, but because I was crying hysterically, yeah. then I couldn't laugh out loud. But, um, yeah, she, she was very much like, tell me, tell me how you feel. So, and I was like, well, obviously, I don't, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I was her worst nightmare. She's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, well, obviously, I'm not feeling great, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And mm-hmm. she's just like, well, yes, I know, but can you just try and elaborate on those feelings that you're having or whatever? So it was like, well, anger, bitterness, you know, sadness, jealousy, all the feelings that I, that I have. Um, and she said, okay. And she said, I'm just going to put these on a post-it note and put them up on the wall. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is everything I did not want this to be. <laughs> um, just pop the little post-it notes up on the wall. And there I am staring at my horrendous brain, the inter- internal of my brain, yeah. like, on the wall, you know. This is how much of a psycho you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually seeing it there, I was like, there's a lot going on in my head like, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on um, and she said and this is one of the things uh, you, I know you've talked about this before things that stick in your head and this thing has stuck in my head what she said, she was like if you had before you had came into this room if I had written down what I thought you were going to feel she said all of that on the wall is it and, she said, and that is exactly normal, it is okay mm. to feel like that yeah. And this is before we got into any of the nitty gritty of what had happened and why I was there. And I just thought, do you know what? This is, I needed to hear that. Yeah. Because the guilt I felt over some of the feelings that I had um, took over my brain more than you will ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when friends get pregnant or you see somebody pregnant, that real, like, you know, I hate pregnant women. I just can't deal with it. And this is all going on in my head. But for her to turn around and say to me, that is totally normal and you're allowed to feel like that. Mm-hmm. I am totally fine to feel like that. So that, that first instance, despite the real cliche of post-it notes on the wall and me going, ah, this is a nightmare, I don't want to be here. She really did put me on my ease. Mm-hmm. She seemed to get me. 
Um, and obviously her job, she's a bereavement midwife, obviously her job is to deal with all that. But actually just her in the first five minutes saying, this is okay, yeah. you, you're, you're good to deal with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so that against the, what I thought counselling was going to be and it turning out exactly what I thought it was going to be, but in a good way. Yeah. In a good way, you know. Um, it was it was a massive massive help massive mm. help is that that is so powerful that validation that you can get that you get from a counselor that just that yeah. reassurance that yeah how you're feeling that is how that is totally fine of course you feel like yeah. that um yeah. and i think especially as women i think you know we just pile more and more things on and we don't realize how much we're carrying because we're just like, yeah. well, we'll just, as you say, we just crack on. And I'm sure it's the same for men as well, <laughs> that, they, that they pile things on. But we just keep piling stuff on, like, right, just have to do it, just have to do it. And sometimes, like, having all those things laid out in front of you, you're like, well, no wonder I'm feeling like this, because I'm, exactly. I'm carrying all of this. Um, exactly. But, re- like, so powerful, that's such a good aspect of counselling is being told, yep, yeah, your feelings are totally valid. Um, mm-hmm. So how 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 many? Uh, so you've you started in January, and so were you seeing them weekly or so every every other week? Mm-hmm. Every other week or so. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of dealt. This is another thing actually that makes me think all the sort of she's saying that everything that's going in your through your head. We dealt with one of those things each week, mm. and it took us the hour or whatever each week to actually deal with. And you don't even really deal with it then, but you, you, you sort of talk about to so say the first week we talked about was jealousy because it was it was my the forefront feeling in my mind mm-hmm. that overtook everything else. Yeah. Um, which was the jealousy. Um, and we talked about that, and and she gave me some really good tools, and and again with the whole validation of feelings thing. She said to me, it's okay for you to tell your friend that you're feeling jealous of the situation. Um, and she said, it is okay for you to say to your friend, I can't speak to you right now. I can't deal with this right now. So I'm just going to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at the time, all I was worried about, and I'm generally not a people pleaser, which is hilarious. So I, all the, the, the whole time I was like, but I'm going to really upset her. I'm going to hurt her so mm-hmm. much. Never worrying about my own feelings or my own position within this situation. So I think that, in a way, the validation thing as well. And, you know, we're, we're sort of seven or eight months down now from the first counselling session. Um, and I've had a couple on the phone, mm. uh, which I haven't found as usual. So I've kind of stopped it for now and yeah. we can do the face-to-face thing again. But, uh, you know, we're seven or eight months away from, uh, away from the first session now. And those things, those feelings are still there. That's the reality of life yeah. in lockdown because we're not allowed to go anywhere. I didn't have any of these things to deal with. Like the school run, seeing mummies with their prams on the school run. Mm-hmm. That was really hard. And I used to take Freddie into school in, to school late so that I didn't have to see that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which is ridiculous because this is my child and this is education. I was only in preschool, like we're not talking about GCSEs <laughs> here. Um, so you can get over it. Like, but uh, I didn't have that side of things. You know, I, I just wanted to get away from that. I didn't want mm-hmm. to have to deal with that. So I was so protected from all that. And at my last counselling session, I was feeling really good. And I said to her, 
I think I'm feeling in a position now that I, I, I can deal with things and um, can we just leave it for a while? I'm not finding the phone thing that useful. She's like, no, that's totally fine. Um, I said, but my only concern is that when things start back up again mm-hmm. and I, I'm back out into the real world, as it were, I'm not in my little bubble mm-hmm. um, at home and I'm back out having to deal with things again that all these feelings are going to come back and they have come back with a vengeance, mm-hmm. an absolute vengeance. So... I do need to go back to her and speak to her again. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not in a good place at the minute. Like to, yeah. to go back and speak to her, because um, everything's a jumble again. You know that way. Yeah. You know when things are straight and and you're you're kind of dealing with each individual thing at a time. Well, everything is just a mush at the minute again. You know. Mm-hmm. So I will. I will speak to her. Um, yeah. Yes, the, the validation thing was was massive for me. Mm-hmm. Massive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being guilty now I don't feel guilty for feeling these things because I know I can I can process them and mm-hmm. deal with them in my own way and then move on from it yeah yeah because yeah. something I I'm still working with with my counsellor is I I think that there are good emotions and there are bad emotions so that yeah. I can't feel that way because that's a bad emotion like so I'm not I'm just not I'm not even gonna I'm just going to pretend that I don't have those feelings and just like yeah. suppress them and suppress them until, yeah, yeah, they start coming out in really unhealthy, unhealthy yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's such like a mind shift to be like, yes, it is okay to, you're all, you have to feel that whole spectrum of feelings and yeah. it's, they're all okay. And that's still such a big struggle for me. To be like, no, no, I, I, I don't feel, no, 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 so no, 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 don't, that's, that's a bad emotion or that's a bad feeling, but, yeah. and yeah, it'll be, I'll have it cracked for a few weeks and then something will, yeah. and yeah, everything, everything jumbles back up again, so uh, I can, yeah. I can, I can definitely, definitely relate, it's, yeah, yeah, and it's little troubles as well, isn't mm-hmm. it, and this is, this is kind of where we were getting to next with the counselor, like, so the, the triggers that I have, um, and it might be somebody talking about something so insignificant to anybody else that just makes me go absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. And I said, "What? Well, how can I? How can I cope with that when somebody mentions or or has something that triggers me is put in front of me? How can I? How can I deal with that?" Um, and her way, which is something that I don't do, is to confront it. And I don't confront things. I confront. I confront what I shouldn't confront. Like I'd have an argument with my shadow. I'd fight with my shadow over the stupidest thing. Um, and I'd be, I'd, and I'd go for it. Like as you well know, like I would go for I, it. I'm the same, um, Pam. I'm the same. Exactly, you know, I know. Uh, but when it comes to things that really matter, I can't confront them. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I can't deal with them, and I don't know how to deal with them, and I still don't really know how to deal with them. Um, I'm getting better at the. Uh, funny, I had a chat yesterday with with a friend, um, who uh, she has suffered with depression massively, um, through her life, and she has got to such a good place now, where she's almost at the. She just nothing phases her, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sort of saying, how did you get to that stage? Help, please help me yeah. to come to terms with whatever I'm having to deal with daily or whatever you know and she's like well all you need to do and she says it, it sounds so simple 
she said, you just say, I'm feeling this way and I'm going to deal with that today. And that's it. You know, I, I feel sad because I've seen a, a mother with a baby and a four-year-old and that's where I should have been. So, yes, I've seen that. It makes me feel sad. It's validation, isn't it? It makes yeah. me feel sad. It makes me feel angry. And that's okay to feel like that. Right now, let's move on. Let's yes. get to terms with this, get to grips with it and let, let it go. Yeah. Which I can't quite do. I can't do the let it go thing, but I'm getting to grips with the validation. Yeah because it it seems like such a simple thing like you acknowledge it yeah. and you move on but yeah. it's it's so hard it's so hard, so hard. to change those so to unlearn those kind of things of well I'm just gonna push that feeling down or I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna make me rage or to just yeah. be like no that's fine feeling sad is okay it's it's it is it is an emotion it's not a good one or a bad one it's how i am feeling right now um but yeah yeah, sometimes i can do it and then other other times no not happening not happening not a bit it's funny like when i when i look at my my son because he's got my temper he's got the redhead rage the ginger rage (laughs) um and he is so like he's such a boy in the way he deals with things and I want to be more like him he's like I'm so angry mum I'm like what's wrong and he's like you know he's playing a game and he's pretending to be Captain America Captain America's killed Iron Man I'm so angry and I'm like right so he's like but I'm just going to forget about it I'm like okay that's good that's good that's good that's so good how can you do that how can you process it for something that five seconds ago he was proper having a ginger rage about like yeah proper. by the way i am ginger this is not a i'm, I'm ginger and for anyone listening i am and <laughs> um, don't want to get, get you in trouble yeah. um but yeah he has a pure ginger rage like so angry and then he's like well i'm just gonna forget about it it's yep. done now and there's nothing i can do about it and Captain America has defeated Iron Man, so that like that is how simple his little world is. Mm-hmm. But he and he's so his emotions are so raw. It's similar to me. It's, but he can just obviously because he's four, he can just go, okay, that's happened, and I'm done with it now. I, I can't I can't remember where where I either read this or heard it somewhere, but somebody the same kind of thing that an animal like you're a dog lover like me like if your dog like if the fireworks going off. So my dog's like barking yeah. and you can see her, her hackles are raised yeah. and she's annoyed. And then, and she shakes it off. So she like, you know, she does a physical shake and then she's fine. Yeah. Um, And yeah. that's, it's like, sometimes I feel like I need to do that, um, that have something physical to remind me, like I, I can just, you know, be in the moment, feel it, acknowledge it, shake it off and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. So you can eat. Absolutely. And I, I feel, feel in my, this is what I was saying to you earlier, I should have been a counsellor 15 years ago. I honestly feel like having somebody help me deal with, I wouldn't say I have anger issues, like, but I just get really angry about things. I get really upset about things that don't really matter mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, you know, like maybe something at work, somebody's done something and that they haven't intentionally done to hurt anybody, but they've just done something that's really stupid. And I can't understand their stupidity. Yeah. And it makes me so angry. I'm home and I rage about it for the rest of the night. I'm like, to my husband, like, can, you, can you believe? And he's like, why are you still thinking about that? Why haven't you not just forgotten about that? But I can't 
processes and I probably should have been to speak to somebody years ago about little things like that and holding things I just can't I can't let go of things I just can't let go mm-hmm. and maybe that's something in the way I'm wired and maybe this is why it's it's been so hard for me to deal with all, of the, all that we've had to go through the last few years because I just can't let it go yeah I can't change it you know I can't yeah. change it I'm not Maybe it's a control thing. I don't know. I just can't change it. Mm-hmm. Um. So therefore, I can't deal with it. Yeah, know? it's, uh, yeah. Because I, I am an angry person as well. Like I'm very comfortable. I'm very you, like I'm confrontational, and I'm very comfortable in like those angry kind of feelings. Um. So yeah, it would yeah <laughs> like that. That's not a problem for me. Um. But I'm I'm not as comfortable like you know feeling sad or feeling worried or those kind of that's what I would think are like bad feelings and it's I'm just always I'm always interested and like like what you were saying about I just can't understand people's stupidity or I can't I can't understand um I don't understand other people who aren't angry (laughs) who are like oh I'm so uncomfortable I'm like no that's so unhealthy that's so unhealthy. You need to let you need to let the rage out. You need to like get it out and then it's okay. So with those kind of feelings, I can get it out and move on. But it's yeah. like trying to, to be able to do that with all the feelings and all the emotions. Exactly. Exactly. Is really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, it's totally hard. Totally hard. Yeah. And like my, my husband is one of those people that doesn't really get angry. He never gets the boiling point. And I get the boiling point daily. Yeah. Right daily. Like, <laughs> boiling point is my is my starting. Yeah. It's like when I wake up in the morning, I'm already at boiling point when I wake up. Yeah. Um, but he's just super chilled out. Like, yeah, and that's probably why we work because mm-hmm. he does calm me down. Like, but you know, things that, like my road rage, I've got horrendous road rage. Yeah. And I cannot date bad drivers with people on the road, and, and he is one of them. Can I just point out? Yeah. Um, but that, that, that the feeling in the pit of my stomach is my is my thing that 
I know things aren't going well and mm-hmm. I know that I need to sort it out because it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with, with the council's kind of, kind of gone off, off counselling a wee bit there, I'm sorry. Oh, um, everything is open for discussion. <laughs> he kind of was helping me deal with this validation thing and you need to, you need to acknowledge you have that which I'm getting good at doing. I wake up in the morning and go, okay, it's not there today. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Or I wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm going to have to keep busy today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to say, yes, I've got that feeling and it's not going to be a great day, but you have to make the most of it and get up and, and do whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, she, it, it's been really, really massively helpful. Yeah. Massively. But I, I do wonder now that I've done the bereavement Want to want to say done like I haven't completed it, you know, <laughs> and I haven't finished whatever I'm gonna learn about it. But maybe maybe some other sort of counselling. Uh, and I've spoken to you about this mm. briefly over text. I think it's something else might might help um, take away from the the miscarriage thing. You mm-hmm. know, deal with the other mental stuff going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you, you said kind of at the beginning as well as well about um knowing when it's the right time or knowing that you like that you feel like right this is the time when I can when I can go to counseling and um definitely for me you know I first had counseling maybe three years ago and I couldn't have dealt with the stuff that I'm dealing with now three years ago so sometimes you need to like yeah you have to work through so the more immediate stuff or work through stuff that you didn't even know that you had to work through to then get to a point where you're like all right okay now I feel like um trying trying something and there's so many different disciplines and methodologies around counseling like there's so many uh, you know to try and find the, the the best fit for what for what you're looking for but I think um, I think it's I think it's really good when people have maybe had some counselling before. It helps you realise, oh well, this is what I'm wanting to deal with, and this is maybe the way I would like to deal with it. And you can be a wee bit more, um, yeah, no, just to having a bit more agency around. Well, this is what I would like. Um, whereas yeah. sometimes you know the first kind of time you're in counselling, you're just like, well, I'm well for me anyway. It was like I am at breaking point. Like I'll take whatever you can do with my let's just do it yeah yeah I think that's the thing isn't it once you've done it as well like I have always been I have always let myself get to the rock bottom before I acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and I think now having having been to counselling and and it's a very small I talk like I've been forever and I know exactly what I'm talking about I have no idea what I'm talking about like I really don't but I know that it made me feel better yeah um, I know how to deal with things, my own little things. That I, I could never give advice to anyone on counselling, never, like, because my, my thing is so specific to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my feelings are so specific to me. But having been there and done it now, I can feel when I'm getting towards rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, me when I hit rock bottom, I'm going, okay, I need to sort myself out here. This is not good. Whereas I can feel it a little bit earlier this time. And I dare say as it goes on more and more and I go more to counselling, then I probably will feel it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but the stigma for me of going to counselling in my head was like the, the bad feelings far away. That's like, why would I go to counselling? There's no way. No one in my family's ever done it. Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was such a stigma behind it. And such a such a, um, a stigma around miscarriage as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And as I said before we had this chat tonight, like I'm an oversharer and I always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody asks me a question about it, I will 100% answer that question, mm-hmm. like truly honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed of it yeah. and I'm not embarrassed of it. It's something that happens to more women than you probably ever know. Um, it's something that uh, it, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. But the, the one thing, God, no. Yeah. No way. I would never do it. Never do it. Um, which is hilarious. Like, hilarious. Uh, and now I am I'm sitting here going, please do it if you feel yeah. it anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. have a bad day. Go and do it. It's amazing. It really is the best thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And I just, I, I love listening to your stories as well about the different types of counselor you have and ones that suit you and ones mm-hmm. that don't. And I didn't pick my own, as I said. I, I, I was referred to. Um, and this woman that I that I went to is the only brave woman in life in the whole of Northern Ireland. Really? How many, how many women? The only one. And you think how many women miscarry and how many women go on and have recurrent miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And this lady that does it, and she's amazing, is the only one in the whole of Northern Ireland that deals with brave, brave mothers. Yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I love I love listening to that and, and they all have their own style and yeah. uh, I was talking to somebody earlier about graphic designers and it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? It feels a bit like they have their style. Yeah. And this counter has their they do their own sort of way, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's amazing and I'm loving this world that I never knew before yeah. and trying to discover it and yeah. it's class. It's yeah. class. Well, that that's that's great going. That if there's only one bereavement counselor that you were able to see her so quickly. So quick, yeah. Mm-hmm. So quick. It was literally from from I had the first appointment with the consultant. It was a week later. Yeah. I had the appointment. It was really great. Yeah. It was. It was fantastic. because you're like the whole area of or the kind of topic of miscarriages. You're right. Like people don't people don't like to talk about it or they feel like they can't talk about it um and it's only in the last couple of years when I've had friends who have who have gone through it that I have any kind of understanding of what it is or what what you go through and just like just to see there seems to be a lot of inconsistency around the care that's provided and the information that's provided um And it definitely, again, as you were saying, like it is, it's the stigma around it of, oh, it's not spoken about. Um, yeah. And it just, yeah, like it's not something you were ever taught about at school, you know, as a as a woman to kind of, this is like, it's good to, to know what kind of, what could yeah. happen or what, um, because it's so, unfortunately, so common. It is, it is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that kind of, um, that, uh, the sort of stigma behind it, I can understand, and mm-hmm. I can under, it's such a personal thing, yeah. I can understand why people don't want to talk about it, I can understand that people that do want to talk about it have no one to talk about it, because nobody wants to hear that upsetting, mm-hmm. traumatic experience that you've been through, um, and I, I've had... I've had numerous miscarriages and I've had such different care. Mm. I've had some really good care and I've had some really bad care in the same hospital. Yeah. Um, in the same unit in the hospital, I've had some horrific care. Um, and in my most recent one there, you know, the, the nurse saying to me, um, it's, just only, it's only a bunch of cells. 
thinking, well, you say this is not place for bunch of sales. Yeah. And uh, I was, um, I had gone for my a routine scan, um, and it had, the baby had died before the scan with no was not without my body being aware of mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, so so that sort of language from somebody who is dealing with this every day, you know, and I I, I thought at the time is have you got have you done this so many times that mm. you're desensitized to it? I'm sure you are. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are. But you still have women here that are very upset. And you know, if that was your first miscarriage and somebody said that to you, God, I can't even imagine how you'd be feeling. Yeah. And I've been through it that many times that whatever it was all just going over my head anyway you know mm-hmm. but I sort of wonder had those all those comments and things maybe been a part I seem to when I bounce back um I seem to just crack on it's that yeah. whole thing again of cracking on after all the previous ones um of just getting on with it mm-hmm. whereas this time it felt different and I got so much further on this time than I had previously oh. um mm-hmm. so the the aftermath was harder in in that way physically as well Mm -hmm. than anything um not to overshare um (laughs) but uh yeah you know i I think just an accumulation of it and whatever you know this whatever maybe had been said to me this time maybe was just something that went in a little bit deeper than i thought it had at the time Mm -hmm. and and i needed somebody to to help me through that like yeah but yeah and and the miscarriage association are incredible Mm -hmm. um if anybody needs anywhere to go to turn to as well and they offer counseling um, Mm. and at the minute they're offering counseling sessions and stuff as well oh brilliant and um you know the the stuff you can you can get online and stories as well like maybe sounds a bit a bit sick but i always wanted to hear about people who've been through the same yes i just wanted to know that it wasn't on my own maybe yes Um, yeah and going through those little stories online and stuff and people sharing their experiences was really helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Really helpful. Yeah. So the miscarriage was using are brilliant, like really, really good. Yeah. There is plenty of places, but this this lady that I that's for, for actual counselling, like she's the only one in Northern Ireland. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and so you'd mentioned that you'd had some phone sessions but didn't didn't quite yes. click. No, I just find it a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and ironically enough, if if somebody had asked me before I had my first session, would you prefer it face to face or on the phone? I think I'd have preferred it on the phone mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have to, I didn't have to look at somebody when yes. I was crying or I didn't. Have to, do you know that? Yeah. Like when you're staring at someone in the face and you're crying, it's quite intimate, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Scared me a wee bit. Um. But once I've made that connection with her, and you've talked before about getting a counsellor that you feel really gets you, she, mm-hmm. I really, truly felt like she knew what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, she understood every feeling that I had and validated every feeling that I had. Yep. And it was a real connection with her. But on the phone, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel as useful. Yeah. Um, and I, I also feel like I'm not good at awkward silences, as you probably could tell by this <laughs> many 40 minutes. <laughs> silences on the phone oh yeah
Whereas on the phone, I just couldn't deal with it at all. Yeah. Couldn't deal with it. I hadn't thought about that. Like, loads of people have said not, not dealing with the phone thing. Yeah, like, because uh, I would... I would have we would have quite a lot of silence in my sessions, but at the beginning yeah. I was exactly the same, like oh horrible. But yeah, on the phone that would be because you're like, Are are you still are you still there? Or like uh, 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 you can't as you're saying, like they can't see oh you're yeah, you're thinking or you've fallen asleep or you know, yeah, your phone has cut off or whatever. So yeah, I hadn't Oh, I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't thought about that. That would be... Oh. Yeah, it's not good, not good. <laughs> no, I know. Um, so do you, like, do you think that you would... Was it easy to get to access her again after you'd had the break, just from a kind of practical point of view? Like, or did you have to go back on the waiting list? 100%. So um, at the end of the, the, com- the last conversation we had... And it was hilarious because it lasted about three minutes. <laughs> Whereas it been in for hours, like hours, no problem, chatting away, three minutes. Um, and she said at the end, look, you don't need to go through the GP again. She said, you just send me a text. Oh, good. So it's easy, It's going to be easy enough to get, to get back in. Yeah. It might be a bit of a wait, but I can deal with a wait. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't have to go back through the doctor or the, or the consultant yeah. or anything again. Oh, that's good. Because, yeah, whenever... I had just been back seeing my counsellor for a couple of weeks, maybe whenever lockdown hit. Um, and she offered me Zoom straight away. And I was like, no, I don't I don't fancy that at all. So I will leave it. And then of course, like I have a complete meltdown in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of lockdown. <laughs> and she's like, No, I have a six week waiting list. And I'm like, oh, oh right, okay. <laughs> I know. So now every um, is the this is the second time they've seen this the same woman, and um, the first time I saw her by so I've been seeing her like constantly since July. So what about this about this many months in the first time I saw her, we were kind of like, well, we'll go to fortnightly, and then we kind of went down to monthly. But now she's just like, I'll just book you in for six more weeks. <laughs> so like, oh. Am I not fixed yet? Have you not fixed me? <laughs> That's another thing interesting actually saying that you do my my preconception was that you went in and you held your R and you came out, you were fine. Yeah. Not you were done. Yeah. You were stored. And you know, I'm coming out and going, We really talked about jealousy today, like what about the other thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a long term thing, like Yeah. And hopefully I'll see you again and that's it, you know. But yeah. no, no, no. It is a long process, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah, I am very much of the mindset. I just always want tell me, tell me what to do and I just want you know, just let me go away and do it. Uh, yeah. but no, I'll 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 improve on something and then six weeks again I'll be like back with the same thing and just be like yeah, I thought I thought we knocked this out. I thought this was done. I thought we'd thought we moved on to my next post-it note. I thought I'd knocked a few <laughs> of those off, but no, I'm back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm back here. Hello. Yeah, this poster's not working. We dealt with, dealt with, we dealt with that last week. Yeah. Come back again. It's weird. Something head again. You know, it's not working. No, it's hard. Yeah, like, it's really hard. Yeah, or I, I quite often go into the session with something that I that I'm like right this is what I want to talk about and within the first five first five minutes 
we've she's picked up on something completely different that I didn't even realize was impacting me and all of a sudden I'm bawling my eyes out like you know and then I'm like but but we didn't we didn't we didn't fix this thing that's <laughs> we've just opened a whole other can of worms counsellor at all but you the way you you're like you're such a you're a good listener and you pick up on things that I, like I just said as a, as a way of saying and you're like well funny you said earlier on you talked about that I'm like what you actually listen to what I'm saying and it's the same thing as that as well and you go in with this big plan um also Daniel in your last one talked about writing things yeah. down and I did all that like wrote down what I wanted to talk about I didn't talk about any of it yeah. I didn't talk about any of it because I went in and I said this, that and the other and she picked something out of that and went, okay, so you're feeling like this then? Yes, I am. Yeah. Right, let's do that then. So it is, they, they, do, they do listen, don't they? Like, yes. Sometimes. And they, I just kind of thought these guys were just going to sit there and like, get, their, get their hours, NHS, salary yeah. and whatever, you know, get their fee. And, right, it's lovely to see you, see you again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 100%. And my, my counsellor, like, she'll, she, um, even still on Zoom, but when we were meeting face to face, like, and we're talking about something, and I suddenly, there was one session where we were talking about something I just did not want to engage with it. And I didn't even notice I was doing it, but I sat all the way back in my chair, like, even my head, she was like, even your head is tilted back. Like, <laughs> I was like, did not want it. And she also picked up, and now that I know that I do it, I see myself doing it all the time. If I'm frustrated or annoyed, like I'll always, I show it in my mouth. So like my, you know, my, I'll get really tense or I'll cover my mouth because I'm like <sighs> trying to keep the words in. I'm like, I don't want to say it. So, mm. <laughs> so, so she picks up on those things. And so, so yeah, sometimes... I just from changing my body language she's just like oh you like why did you do that what where did where did you feel that emotion in your body or why I'm like oh for goodness yeah. sake like <laughs> I can't even yeah I can't even like sit you know try and sit a bit more comfortably and she's she's analyzing it but yeah that's 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 what I'm paying her to do <laughs> Uh-huh. So I like, you know, and, and, and that was the first thing I did in that room, like twisting my hair around my finger or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And you could see her, like you could almost, she's taking a mental note, okay, so she's twisted her hair around her finger, let's mm-hmm. see when we talk about something else, you know. And actually, that's, that is a, another preconception I had. You know, this woman is going to, like, what what way did that tear fall down her cheek? Oh, and then the tear that fell down the other side of the cheek, you know, and I'm thinking she's going to be analyzing, and of course she's not. Yeah. She's just watching how I'm behaving, and obviously that has upset me, okay, so then let's talk about that, you know. Yeah. But in my head, she's going to analyze, like, what went across my legs yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. You know and that, that it kind of, like, you're sitting, I was sitting in there, like, I'm sure she's going for goodness sake, just relax. But sitting there thinking, like, if I put my arm down here, is she going to think that's something? Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave my arm. And then you get really uncomfortable. So, yeah, the body language thing is, is another thing that it was like, oh, I don't want anybody to analyze yeah. the body language. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. 
Oh goodness. Well, here, Pam, we could we could keep going, but we are nearly nearly <laughs> an hour in. <laughs> and I I love it whenever. Yeah, yeah. An hour, and that's just the that's just the recording. That's not the half hour we chatted before. <laughs> no, that's fifty four minutes. <laughs> um, and I I love it. Like I. I knew I knew we'd have a great old chat, like you know. I knew I wasn't gonna have to draw anything out of you, like you. I knew. <laughs> um. So yeah, th- thank you, thank you for sharing and for being so so honest and vulnerable. Like I know a lot of that is difficult subjects to talk about, so I really appreciate like your vulnerability around it all. Um. And, oh, it's been a delight. So my my final question um is uh, and how did that make you feel? Good, me too. Me too. A great old chinwag, so thank you. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to our chat. I had such a good time speaking to Pam. Um, And I've changed my plans a bit. Um, I'm trying to keep all the episodes below an hour. So I'm going to do a little added extra bonus episode with my book and pod recommendations and a bit of other general chat thrown in but I do just want to um, highlight an, asso- uh, an association that Pam mentioned which is the Miscarriage Association um, I've just looked at their Instagram account uh, brilliant resources um, Zoom support groups um, signposting to, um, to other support um, so check them out on Instagram and their website is www.miscarriageassociation.org.uk. So thanks for listening and keep your eyes peeled for the little bonus content that will probably come out in a day or two. Bye. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel with Rachel Power?